0: Presence and the peace is is just in the silence, and I think try to take time just to be still every day and and just soak in that loving presence and and that awareness that that God is with us. And um, I did want to share before we we share a little bit here with one another, uh, just a few quotes um, from Mother Teresa, who who I thought was so incredible the way that she loved people, and she. She said, what can we do to promote world peace? It's maybe been on our our minds a lot. (laughs) So she said, what can we do to promote world peace? And she said, go home and love your family. Go home and and love your neighbor. (laughs) And it just seems so simple, but also just so deep at the same time. Just love the people that we are with. Um... And then she also said, Jesus said to love one another. He didn't say to love the whole world, in that we break it down to a smaller part, that we are just called to love the person next to us, our, our next door neighbor. And we don't have to get so wrapped up in all the these complex problems. Just love the person right next to us there. And she also said it's not about how much. We do, but about how much we love we put into what we do. She goes, that's what counts. It's not about how much we do, but about how much love we put in to what we do. And so whether it's mowing a yard or fixing a mill or taking out the trash, washing the dishes, saying hello to someone, how much love did we put in to what we do? And then she said, when we know how much God is in love with us, then we can only live our lives radiating that love. When we know how much God is in love with us, then we can only live our lives radiating that love. And so uh, the present company excluded here. <laughs> uh, I was just going to open it up if you could raise your hand. <clears throat> just uh maybe one of those moments that, that kind of changed your life or, or just warmed your heart where you felt deeply loved and, and it just made a difference. It gave you the strength to, to get out of bed or, or to go through the day or just to see that light again. Uh, so anyone have a, one of those moments? And uh, the, the question I was asking myself is, how do we know... That we are loved, because we, we hear that, especially if you go into church, that God loves us all the time. So how do we know we are loved? How do we know that <clears throat> that God loves us? And that is what God is, that God is love. And there are probably more ways than we can count uh, to discover or to experience that love, that, that to know that we are valued, that we have dignity and worth, that we are forgiven, that we are restored. And for me, that's the ultimate question in life is just discovering that deep presence and, and that, that we're okay, that we're valued, that we are forgiven, and, and we are appreciated. And I shared last night even just something simple as like walking through those uh, aspen groves and, uh, and the trees and the fir trees and it kind of the borrowed uh, uh, expression from Emily Dickinson, that there's a certain slant of light, and the sun was setting, and it was just glowing on the, the on the aspen trees, and just just brilliant, brilliant, yellow and gold, and, and all the hues, and it it's hard to describe other than just the felt presence. And with the birds chattering and, and the stream moving along the the canyon floor, there, there was just a a quiet stillness and and just a that felt presence it's almost like this all this beauty was just a gift just for me and and it's it's not exclusive though that it's available to all of us and it's just a, a wonderful feeling and and I remember in high school um I had an old coach uh, coach Ard and he wasn't the most dynamic coach probably he was the least dynamic coach of, of all of our coaches matter of fact and, and I And I can remember just having a a really rough day and after practice, and he only did this one time. I was sitting outside of our field house and he just came and he sat down beside me and he just put his arm around me and just said, it's going to be okay. And he just had this peaceful presence about him and just him showing me that, that, that kindness and that tenderness it just meant the world to me, and, and I still remember it all these years later. And he only did it one time, just letting me know that things were going to be okay, and, and he was with me as well. And those little moments can can really make a difference. And I remember my uh, maternal grandmother. She was a, a librarian, a school librarian, just a wonderful person. And she shared her, her love of books with me and all of us grandkids. And it was always... Um, special thing she would send us books in the mail we got books from grandma and uh, it was just special and and she'd never tell us why to read that book but we just knew it had an important message in there that she wanted to share with us and I lived in Wichita where, where she lived for a year and I remember she my grandmother always went to church every time that door was open she was there and there wasn't one time that she asked me to go to church with her. But I always went to church with her anyway because I wanted to be like her. (laughs) So whatever she had, I wanted. And so I I kind of followed her around and and kind of did what she did. And she worked for a place called Noah's Ark where they had all these gifts from around the world and she worked in that shop and and just her circle of friends was so wide and, and varied. And she just modeled that love, but she never imposed her will or her beliefs on me. She just fully accepted me and just encouraged me to, to explore my thoughts and my ideas and my faith. And, and I just learned so much from her as well. And so when I was thinking about this question about how do we know we are loved, <clears throat> and how do we know that God is love, that for me at least, the, the people, in the places, in the churches that I have fallen in love with, one thing they always had in common is they never imposed their will on me. They always gave me lots of space to to roam and to think and and to explore. And they were always very, very patient with me and, and very forgiving. And they never imposed their will on me. And that's why I just love that little snippet of a verse in First Corinthians 13 that love does not insist on its own will. And I can think about disagreements and struggles I've had, and quite often it comes up when I'm trying to impose my will or what I think is right on someone. And it's really tough to, <laughs> to not do that because we have our views, but just to let things be. And maybe try to love first, and then we can discuss how we're gonna go about something second. But if we love like Christ, we don't impose our will on people, we don't impose our, our beliefs on people as well. And uh, for several years we we've taken a lot of groups of kids on this, on this, they don't even call it a mission work, they call it service work, the Sierra Service Project. I'm looking at Kim and Philip, both of you went on a couple of these trips as well. (laughs) But they're very intentional in calling it SSP uh, service projects because they didn't like the implications of mission work. And they talked to the kids about this, too. Like when you're on a mission, you're trying to convert someone. You're trying to get someone into your faith or in your church. And they said, well, that's not what we're doing. This is service work. We're just here to to love the people and to help them out with projects around the house. It's a service. It's a way for us to learn to love people. So at SSP, we we paint houses, we build ramps for the elderly or the disabled, we repair roofs, and we do all this in underserved areas. And we never, even though it's organized by the church, the Methodist church, we never talk about our faith to the people we are serving unless they happen to ask us a question because we don't want to impose our faith or our will on the people that we're there to love and we just serve them and care for them it's a beautiful thing but at the same time you know when we meet in the morning and meet in the evenings we're, we're always talking about god and singing faith songs of faith and we're feeding one another but we don't impose <clears throat> our beliefs on anyone else. In St. Francis of Assisi, he said, preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. And he was saying, just, just love people. If you love people, that is what the gospel is all about. And we try to, at SSP, what they're hoping is that the children or the young kids and, and the counselors that, that we will put a great deal of love into the projects we're doing, whether we're building that deck, repairing that roof, or you know painting that house, that will put a great deal of love into what we do. <clears throat> Mother Teresa said, it's not about how much we do, but about how much love we put into what we do that counts. And just think about all the different things we do throughout the day. Uh, We just get really busy. And quite often, at least I don't really think about what I'm doing. And there's quite often during the day, I can be resentful about things I'm doing. But everything we do is an opportunity for us to love that person and to love that activity and put a great deal of love into it. And that can be something as simple as making a meal. Are we praying for the for the person that's going to be eating that meal, praying for ourselves, we could be mowing a yard. Are we mowing that yard with a great deal of love and, and thinking about making the neighborhood beautiful and caring for it? Everything we do, do we do it with love, or you know, we can't help but have that resentment? And that means slowing down and really being conscious of how we how we do things. And so we always need to ask ourselves. Why do we volunteer our time? Why do we do the job that we do? Why do we help people out? Do we do good works, those good deeds? Do we do that, those things out of love and gratitude? Or do we have a, an agenda? Are we trying to convert people to our way of living or our way of believing? Are we trying to earn love? or do we simply do that activity that task with great love and that's a, a real challenge and what i can appreciate and learn so much from uh, mother teresa and john wesley who founded the methodist movement they realized that faith and good works go side by side or they they coexist and both of them knew they were deeply loved by god and they lived out of that great love and <clears throat> i'm sure they had their moments uh, mother teresa was very public with those moments she had of doubt and fear but they they lived at a great love and so they simply desired to share that love with other people not to earn their, their trust or to convert them to their to their faith they simply wanted to share that love of god with other people and john wesley had the, has the The famous quote from him when he had that experience of knowing he was deeply loved. He went to a church service, and you can just imagine the preaching and the music and the prayers. And when he left, he just said, My heart felt strangely warmed. And that changed his life. My heart felt strangely warmed. He really couldn't put it into words there. And just thinking about those moments where our hearts are strangely warmed and it could be a walk in the woods just listening to a bird and I love what Dickinson said a certain slant of light it could be a warm embrace a a song in the words of that song where that person's voice just moves us a kind word you know uh, experiencing forgiveness for the first time and knowing that we are forgiven and that we're fully restored. All these things can be just these moments where our hearts are strangely warmed and we feel that, that loving presence. And Mother Teresa and, and John Wesley, they just wanted to share that love with other people. And especially with Mother Teresa, she really had no desire to convert people to her faith not at all it happened but that wasn't her goal she just wanted to share that love with other people and she encouraged all the sisters that were working with her in the slums she said be carriers of God's love and I think that's good for us with everything going on in our lives this is what we're called to do to be carriers of God's love And whatever task we do, small or big, throughout the day, do those things with great love. Being attentive and being patient and not imposing our will on other people, but being carriers of God's love. And Mother Teresa, she was actually kind of like a school principal for many, many years, and she felt called to do something different. And she left this very secure position, uh, working in the schools, and she asked for permission just to go move to the slums of Calcutta and India there. And she just started walking around. She became poor so she could serve the poor. And then what I've read is that people literally left the dying people on the streets, and they were abandoned and alone and she would see somebody and just pick them up and bring them back to her home and care for them and she would bathe them and love them and she completely supported whatever whatever tradition they were from because she said who am i to say how they find god and how they experience god and she just loved them and walking through the slum she would find children who were orphaned and abandoned as well and and she brought them to her home, and, and this movement grew. And it was never about converting anyone or doctrinating them. It was simply about loving them freely and reaffirming and reminding them that they were people of worth and dignity and valued. And all she did was love. And for us, uh, I think that's what it means when we talk about being in a church and our faith and, and what is, what does it mean to love as Christ loved us? It's not about getting people to believe like us. It's just learning to love and being fully present with them. And this is what Teresa, mother Teresa did just one person at a time. She loved each person and valued who they were. And that her, probably one of her more famous quotes is, uh, We cannot do great things, but we can do small, random acts of kindness with great love. And Jesus said to love one another. He didn't say we had to love the whole world, but we can love the person next to us. We can love our neighbor. We can love the clerk at the grocery store. We can love each person that we encounter every day especially during this political season with all the debates and the divisiveness, uh, we sometimes forget this is what the answer is. It's to love and to care for one another. So what do we do and where do we start? To quote Mother Teresa again, if you want to change the world, go home and love your family. If we want to change the world, Love our next-door neighbor, whoever that may be. Love creation. And Shane Claiborne, he says, I truly believe that we can overwhelm the darkness of this world by shining something brighter and more beautiful. And that is God's grace and God's love moving through us. And so it's easy for us to feel just completely overwhelmed. But we can love one person at a time. And so I'd encourage myself and and all of us this week, what if we were just fully present to one person for five or ten minutes this week? We didn't have anywhere else to go. We don't have an agenda. And we were just fully present to that person for five or ten minutes and just love them, listen to them, hear their story, and be in present with them. Because we can all be carriers of God's love. Amen.
1: It don't Never jump. Oh when your heart hits the floor and And your own the light. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. This is the first day of the rest of your life. This is the first day of the rest of your life. Cause even in the dark you can still see the light. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright.